It's my son. If thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and lifteth up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasure, then, then something's going to happen. You remember I said last week, God has always been an if-then God. If we will do this, then He will do this. If we will draw nigh to Him, He will draw nigh to us. He says if we will focus on the Word of God, if we'll concentrate and we'll, we will look into His Word and learn about Him, then we will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Proverbs 1 verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. The beginning of knowledge. Everything that we know or will know starts and begins with a right attitude toward our God. It begins there. It starts there. If we don't have a right understanding of who God is, if we don't have a right understanding and a right attitude toward the Lord, then nothing we learn will matter and nothing we learn will be significant because it all begins with Him. Church, say amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. If you're here for the very first time, thank you again. Thank God for this huge crowd uh, being here uh, from Mississippi and various other friends for the baptism. We thank you all for being here. But if you filled out one of those prayer cards, we want to go ahead and take them up because uh, we're going to be praying for them. I'm telling you, we don't, we don't take that up without being serious. Just hold that card up, just, if you will. Just take it up. Hold it up right there in your hand. And uh, we're going to collect them right here. Man, there's a ton right here over on this side. All right. Now, Temple, let's give all of our first-timers a hand for being with us today. Isn't that great? All right. Now, I will say this. I will say this. I, I, this is a very serious intense message it's very serious uh, uh, usually usually I, I like to cut up and, and I like to laugh and, 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 I, and, and usually that's incorporated in my preaching because it's just who I am and my style but I will say this even this is a real serious message uh, this is not a sermon this is not this is a message God is wanting to speak to his children and I want you to if you can, Give me your utmost undivided attention. And, and, and I promise you, when we leave, we will say, God has spoke to us today. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you so much. Please help us in this area. Please help us to, to, to listen closely. Lord, I know you have a word for us. I know that you, you want us to fear you. You want us to reverence and respect and stand in awe of who you are. Well, Lord, I pray that you'll take the next few moments today. And, Lord, I didn't plan it this way. I didn't plan it to this message be this particular day. It's just, it's just your doing. And, God, you know who's going to be here. And, Lord, you know who, who's here and what we need. And, God, I pray that you'll meet the need today. And your will be done. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Ecclesiastes 12, 13 through 14. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Philippians 2.12 
Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Proverbs 15:16. Better is little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble therewith. Proverbs 9:10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Proverbs 10:27. The fear of the Lord prolongeth days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. Proverbs 14:27. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, to depart from the snares of death. Proverbs 16:6. By mercy and truth iniquity is purged, and by the fear of the Lord men depart from evil. Psalm 34:9. O fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. Proverbs 22:4. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Proverbs 19:23. The fear of the Lord tendeth to life, and he that hath it shall abide satisfied. He shall not be visited with evil. Psalm 85:9. Surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him that glory may dwell in our land. Psalms 33:18, Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy. Psalms 34, 7, The angel of the Lord encamps around about them that fear him and delivers them. Psalms 147, verse 11, The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him, and those that hope in his mercy. The Bible says in Psalms 33, verse 6, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathereth the waters of the sea together as a heap. He layeth up the depths in the storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. Let all the earth, it says in verse 8, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Psalms 4, 1, stand in awe and sin not. Psalms 89, 6, for who in the heaven can be compared unto the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened unto the Lord? God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints and, and to be had in reverence of all them that are about him. Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 12 And now Israel what doth the Lord thy God require of thee but to fear the Lord thy God and to walk in all of his ways and to love him and serve the Lord thy God with all of thy heart and with all of thy soul Listen approximately a little over 158 verses in the Old Testament tell us and encourage us and teach us that we are to fear God that we are to reverence him and stand in awe of him but see, here's a problem that we are facing in the United States here in America. We have an overabundance of teaching. I mean, listen, you can't, you, you can't turn on the radio without having something that has to do with religion or has something to do with teaching of the Bible. We are in the buckle of the Bible belt. You turn on the TV and there's 15 channels that has to do with teaching, but this is what you're going to hear. God is love. God is mercy. God is grace. And, and God is tender. And God is forgiving. And all of those things are 
are true. They are. Every single one of those things are true. I'm glad he loves us. Amen. I'm glad he is a forgiving God. I'm glad that he is a merciful God. I'm glad that he looks on our frailty and he looks beyond our problems and he looks beyond our faults and he finds our needs and he looks at who we really are. I'm, I'm so glad that we have a God who is like that. But there is a problem here in America. We are preaching an unbalanced gospel. We are preaching a God who who will forget anything and forgive anything, but we are forgetting that He is still a God of justice. He is still a God of righteousness. He is still a God of purity and holiness. Listen, an unbalanced gospel. We we are we are hearing one side and, and by the way, it's it's amazing to me. I don't know what it is with with humanity. We can't get anything right. I mean, we are either so far on one side that we're not we're not teaching the truth about God, or we're so far on the other side that we make people think that he's this meanie up in heaven waiting to hit you with a piece of lightning bolt when you come out of your Are y'all with me? There's got to be a balance. God wants you to love him, but first God wants you to fear him. The Bible says very clearly that we need to be a balanced church. Romans 11 verse 22. Behold therefore the goodness and severity of God. I need to know the goodness of God. You need to know the goodness of God. But we also need to hear and understand the severity of God too. We need to understand that whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. We need to understand that the Bible says, Whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. And if you're without chastening, you're a bastard and not a son. That's not a cuss word. That means illegitimate. If we claim to be a Christian, if we claim to know God, if we claim to to be a child of the King and we can live outside of the bounds of the Word of God and nothing happen and God not get our attention and and God not bring correction into our life, then we have a false profession. We need to fear God. The Bible says in, in, in Hebrews 12, Hebrews 12, verse 28, Wherefore we receive in a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Philippians 2, 12, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. What is the problem? We have this misconception that, that, that there is an Old Testament God and there is a New Testament God. The Old Testament God destroyed mankind because of their sin and their wickedness with the flood and only saved eight in the ark. Listen, the Old Testament God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because of their, their wickedness. And, and listen, uh, Nadab and Abihu, the sons of the priests, went in drunk and disrespectful in the house of God, and God smote both of them. That's the Old Testament God. But over here, we have a New Testament God. Over here, we have a God who will forgive, and He will forget, and He will have mercy, and He will have, he will have goodness. And, and all of that's true. But we forget that it's the the same God it's the same God the same God who destroyed mankind with a flood in the Old Testament is the same God who killed uh, listen Ananias and Sapphira in the New Testament are y'all with me he's the same God and there is such an important principle that we need to understand we 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 are a baby church, and, and, and we're growing so fast, and we have so many baby Christians, and I'm, I'm wondering, I'm telling you, this is an intense, it's, it's, it's just, it's, 
Spence has tore me up all week. I mean, I, I'm reading this and I'm, I'm, I'm studying the, the, the severity of God and I'm studying the holiness and the righteousness of God and, and how God will not put up with sin and, and, and all this stuff. And, and I'm thinking, what is God going to do to bring and get our attention? Because God wants His fear and His awe and His respect in His children. We're to fear God. And this is a neglected principle in the church today. It, it, it is. It really is. And we've, we have... We have made God out to be what we want Him to be. We have, we have created a God in our mind who is okay with our bad attitudes, who's okay with our sin, who is, who is okay with our behavior. And, and He's a God. He won't mind. He'll just sweep it under the rug. No, no, no. The, the, the God that I have read about in the Bible, He doesn't sweep anything under the rug. He pulls the rug back and pulls it out. That's the God that's of the Bible. And what we have done, we have created a buddy. We have created a God in our mind who is our buddy. He is our friend. He is our coffee shop buddy. And we can just hang out with him and, and all of that. And we have forgotten that he is a God who sits on the throne with four beasts around the throne crying day and night, seven days a week. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. He is a God that is a consuming fire. He is greatly to be feared and held in reverence and awe of all of creation. See, we are worshiping not the God of the Bible. We're worshiping the God that we've created in our own mind. And really, it's not the God of the Bible. It's the God who looks more like us than it does the Bible. And what are we doing when we come to the house of God? We're not worshiping the God of the Bible. We're worshiping ourselves. Do we fear Him? How do we fear Him? What happens, what happens when we lose the fear of God? I, I want to I basically talk about two things today. We'll, we'll pray. Number one, I, I want to talk about symptoms. Symptoms. What are the symptoms of losing the fear of God? Losing the fear of the Lord. Listen, uh, symptoms that we see. I begin, to, I begin to go through the Bible this week and, and begin to pull out things that, that I saw in, in God's Word where people lost the fear of God. They lost the reverence and respect for God and who He is. And, and the first thing I found that, that takes place and, and, and comes to being when, when we lose the fear of God, the first thing that takes place is idolatry is produced. Idolatry is produced. Joshua chapter number 24, verse 14. Joshua is getting with the people. They've conquered the land. They've gone in. But the problem is that, is that the people brought some gods with them. They brought some false idols out of Egypt. They brought some false idols from where they were. And Joshua is getting their attention. He says, now therefore, fear the Lord. Listen, fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What's the point? When we lose the fear of God other things become more important to us. Now, I know what some of y'all are thinking. I know what some of y'all are thinking. Think, well, I don't have no golden statue in my house. I don't burn incense and candles, so I'm not an idolater. Do you realize that idolatry is simply putting anything else before God? Idolatry is anything in your life that is more important to you than God is. That becomes an idol. It becomes an idol. And our, our, listen, our country is eat up with idolatry. I am sad to say that our churches are eat up with idolatry because we have lost the fear of God. 
We've got church members. I mean, come to church every week, and we're teaching our kids that sports are more important than God. They know how to throw a football. They know how to swing a bat. They know how to do everything else in this world in the sports realm, but they don't know the books of the Bible. They couldn't tell you whether it was Jonah, Noah, or Moses that got on the ark. They have no idea because we have put in their minds that throwing a football is more important than God. It's idolatry. I know what you're thinking. Well, you just hate football. Now, I love football. I love football. I'm telling you, I'm going to have some popcorn. I'm going to have some popcorn after the service tonight. I'm going to go home, put my feet up, and not even answer my cell phone. Say amen. I'm going to watch the game. I love football. But this is the thing. We've got to keep it in its right place. Football's fine. Football's fine. It's not football in itself that is idolatry. It's what we have made it. I know where I'm at. I know it's Alabama, and I know that I know all. Don't don't look at me that way. I know where I'm at, and I know what I'm saying, and you know I'm right. Listen, I went to a pageant last night. My daughters were in a pageant. Them things are of the devil. Say amen. I'm sitting there. I'm about to throw up. I can't take it. My nerves can't take this. Stuff. I don't know why they do this stuff to me. I, I, one's graduating, thank God that she don't, I don't have to worry about that no more. The others, I'm going to pay them not to do it no more. I wasn't just worried about my youngins, I was worried about the other girls too. What if they don't get picked? What if they cry when this thing is over? I mean, I'm tore out the frame because of this. And let me tell you, there were some mad mamas last night. It was scary. There was actually a mama fight the night before. I'm not talking about pushing and shoving. I'm talking about... I mean, they broke out Fred Sanford in the woman's bathroom. They had to break them up. Now, you can't tell me that's not idolatry. Are y'all with me? And sports, hobbies, we can do it. Man, I'm telling you, there's been times that I put other things before God, and it was an idol. And you know why I did that? I lost the fear of God until God took my idol away, and I feared him again. And you know what's happening in the church in America today? He's not the most important thing anymore. When we come into church, he's not priority anymore. He is not preeminent anymore. He is not the most important person when we come. We're thinking about a hundred other things beside him. And it's idolatry. When we lose the fear of God, idolatry will be present. Not only will idolatry be present and produced, but iniquity will be present. Proverbs 16, 6. By mercy and truth, iniquity is purged. And by the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. How many of y'all had a dad that whooped you? You know, we're living in a weird day. I never got I never got time out. I really didn't. I, I, I had no idea what time out. The only time out I knew, Mom called time out and Dad started whooping me. I mean, that's just the way it goes. Look, I feared my father because the fear I had for him, I knew if I got out of line, he meant what he said. There was no counting. My father never counted. One, stop that. I mean, one, two, three. That's ridiculous. He said it, and if you did it, you, you lived. If you didn't, you had a bad day. And you know what? I feared that. I did right. 
I said, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. I didn't say, huh, that was a bad move. Say amen. You know why? Because I feared my father's wrath. I feared what he would do because if we disobeyed, he got our attention, not because he hated me, not because he wanted to... Listen, he wanted me to live right. He wanted me to be a productive citizen. He wanted me to submit to authority and do right and not wrong. And because of that, he corrected me, and I'm thankful to this day for it. And when there is no fear, we do all kind of stuff. When we know there's no retribution, we go crazy. What happens when we're going down the road and there's blue lights everywhere? Bless God, we'll hit the brake even if we're under the speed limit. Ain't, don't we? But if we think, we got an open road, I can see for miles, here we go. I was, well, I was late, I was late for a basketball game. I was late for a basketball game. They, they had a basketball game in, in, in Hansville, and, and I thought it was here in Coleman, and, 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 and I had just got my truck. My other truck messed up, so I had to get a different truck, and so I, I didn't even have a tag on the truck yet, and, and I, I'm going down the road, and I'm late, and the truck is red. You know how to pick out red. Pick on people. That's where they are. I got on the interstate, and I could see way ahead. I thought, yeah, and they got that guardrail in between. I said, he can't get me. If he wanted to get me, he can't cross this guardrail. So I'm boogity, 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 going down the interstate, wide open, talking on my wife on the phone. Then all of a sudden, I don't know, I think he dropped out of a helicopter. And, 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 and I'm on the phone, and, uh, and, and, and I see blue lights, and I thought, oh, no, 83 miles an hour. And I said, baby, I, I got I to hang up. I see blue lights. I cannot even repeat what she said on that phone. Man, you know why? I didn't think there was nobody around. I didn't think there was no trouble. I thought I had it all under control. I didn't think anybody could catch me. Don't we live our life like that? God's not watching. He's on vacation. I can do this. He won't mind. Oh, here's the favorite. Here's the favorite. Well, it's better. Let, let's, just, let's just ask forgiveness instead of permission. Some of y'all are wearing, wearing out God with this eternal security stuff. Preacher, I thought you believed in eternal security. I do. I do. I believe once saved, always saved. I believe once you trust in Christ, you're a child of the king. He adopts you into the family of God. But here's the difference between me and you. I don't think you can go out and live like anything where you want to live because if you do and no, nothing happens and you didn't get it. But if you did get it, you belong to him. And if you go out and live sideways to the Bible, I promise you, he's going to beat your britches. Say amen. Because I got proof, the Bible says. The Bible says, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. That word means scourge. It means a whooping. God will get your attention. He will. He will. Now watch. When we lose the fear of God, then iniquity. We got the same divorce rate in the church as in the world. We got, we got people living together. Living together. Not married. Living together. Going to church every week. Now, I don't know if you know this, or, but the Bible's against that. There's no fear of God. Listen, there was a time in America when even lost people feared God. Even lost people respected the man of God because he was a man of God. And it's not that there's no fear of God in the world. There's no fear of God in the church anymore. We'll come in with grudges. We'll fight all the way to church. 
I mean, scrap down, get it on, fight all the way to church, pull in the parking lot, open the door, throw on our Sunday smile. We'll deal with this right after church. Because we want everybody to think we're Ken and Barbie. Amen? You think God's pleased with that? Holding bitterness and grudges, unforgiveness, and thinking everything's okay. You know why? We don't fear God. We don't fear God. Listen, husbands treating their wives like dirt. According to my Bible, the Bible says you're to treat her as a treasure. You're to treat her as Christ treated the church. He died and gave himself for it. Husband, ladies, you're supposed to respect your husbands. I've watched, I've watched in humiliation. I was more humiliated than they was. A wife just talking down to her husband in public, making him feel that small. Come on, people. That's not Christian. Husbands, you need to treat your wife as they are a queen. Ladies, treat your husbands as if they're a king. Honor each other. Are y'all with me? Listen, but when there's no fear, we just live any old way. The Bible says, the Bible says in the, in the, in the, in the, in the Old Testament, when, when the nation of Israel didn't have a king, the Bible says there was no king in Israel. And this is so pertinent. There is no king in Israel. And because there was no king in Israel, every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Hasn't, hasn't everything become relative in America? We have, we have conformed religion and the Bible to whatever we are. We just conform right to wherever we're standing. It's not about going to the Word of God and saying, what does God want out of our life? What does God expect from us? We just want to conform that to wherever we are, and it's right because we did it. And the problem, listen, I'm really worried about this deal. The problem is not, we, 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 don't, we don't know right and wrong. We, we've gotten so far away, we can't even... We've gotten so distorted, we don't even know what right is. You know why? It begins with this. No fear of God. No fear of God. When, the, when we lose the fear of God, idolatry is produced, iniquity is present, indifference is prominent, inconsistency is practice. Man, there's nothing, there's nothing worse than being inconsistent and indifferent. Indifferent means a lack of passion, a lack of concern. It means you're not hot, but you're not cold either. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 3 that there was a church, the Laodicean church, which is the church of the last days, the church age and the church atmosphere that we are living in. It's going to be an age where it's lukewarm, where people are not on fire for God, but they're not out in the world either. They're just kind of in. They're not really in all the way, but they're not really out all the way. They're just on cruise control. There's such an apathetic spirit in the church today in America. We've got people in the Sudan who are losing their life for the gospel's sake. We've got people in China who are being destroyed and who are being tortured and who are being killed and their houses burned to the ground because they are taking a stand and they're willing to risk their life for the gospel's sake and we can't even get up on time and go to church. You know why? Because there's no fear of God. It says in Romans... In Romans chapter number 3, verse 10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are altogether become unprofitable. 
There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Their throat is an open sceptre, and their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace have they not known. Why? There is no fear of God before their eyes. We've lost the fear of God. Now, all week, I've been elbow deep in this stuff. I'm talking about, I'm talking about to the point of being in a depression. Thinking and seeing and God uncovering my eyes to see the church as it really is in America. I don't know if you know this or not, but I study this all the time. I study what's going on and what's taking place in America. And churches are dying. Listen, hundreds and hundreds a year shut the doors. They're getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And they're losing people and they're losing effectiveness. You know why? They've lost the fear of God. I, I, I said, God, what do we do? What do we do? How, how, do we, how do we get the fear of God? What do we do? And there was basically three ways that I saw it. That, that God instilled His reverence and His fear into His people so that they would stand in awe of Him. One way, one way was this. There was a, 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 a in, in the book of Exodus, in the book of Exodus, we, we talked about it. We talked about it uh, two weeks ago when, when God brought the, the nation of Israel. They came out of Egypt. Moses went in and said, let my people go. So he, he has over a million people. And now they're coming through the wilderness. And they come to a mountain called Mount Sinai. And at the base of this mountain, we find, we find that there is something that goes on. God is on this mountain. God brought the people out and led them out to himself because he wanted to make a nation holy. He wanted to separate them to be a witness to the rest of the world of who he is. But he, they had to know him and they had to meet him. And he wanted them to know who he was. And the Bible says, and the Bible says in Exodus chapter number 20, it says that the mountain was on fire. The mountain was thundering and lightning. I mean, flashing the noise of the trumpet and the mountain smoking in Exodus 20, 18. And when the people saw it, they removed and stood afar off. And they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear. But let not God speak with us, lest we die. This is what Moses said. Moses said unto the people, Fear not, for God has come to prove you, and that his fear may be before your faces, and that ye sin not. I was confused by that verse. First he says, fear not, but then he says he did it so his fear will be in you. I thought, well, God, you're saying one thing, but listen, what God is saying here, and Jesus, Jesus backed it up in the New Testament. Jesus said in the New Testament, don't fear him who can only destroy the body. You need to fear him who can destroy the body and soul in hell. And what God is saying here in the key verse, or the key word is his. God doesn't want you to fear anything. God doesn't want you to fear man. God doesn't want you to fear the enemy. God doesn't want you to fear the economy. God doesn't want you to fear anything in this world. The only thing that God wants you to fear and respect is Him. And if you will respect Him, you will be fearless. If there is a true, if there is a real, I mean a real fear of God, you won't be afraid of nothing else. Because you will know that there is a God in heaven who is big enough, He is powerful enough, He is wise enough to take care of you, and you won't be afraid of nothing. He wanted you to fear Him. He put on a display. 
He put on a display of His wonder. He put on a display of His majesty. He is a consuming fire. I mean, can you imagine this whole mountain? There's fire, there's smoke, there's thunder, there's lightning. Man, there's a trumpet sound coming from somewhere that gets louder and louder. How would you feel? Boy, the people, the fear of God came into them. You know what I, I, I thought about? I thought about driving around Coleman right after the tornado. Scott, I, 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 could, I can't help but think about what I saw in the awesome power. The awesome power of that tornado. And, and the Bible says that God has his way in the whirlwind. The whirlwind is in the palm of his hand. And that whirlwind destroyed buildings that I thought was just, are y'all with me? And boy, when I see the power of God and I see, I see the hand of God in, in, in nature and in all of it, I can't help but stand in awe of him. But there was, another, there was another place. Not only do I see the fear of God instilled in his people by seeing a display, a display of his wonder, but then I saw in, in the New Testament, in the book of Acts with Ananias and Sapphira, there was a demonstration of his wrath. There was a demonstration of his wrath. We see there was two people in the early church who came, and they were people were selling property. People were selling property, and they were they were bringing the money from that property and donating it to the church. And and man, God was blessing, and people were moving. Well, this 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 couple, they said, we'll sell the property, but we'll tell them we sold it for this much, but we'll only give this much, and and, and that way we can keep some of it. But we'll let everybody think we're good. We'll let everybody... So basically what they were doing is they were trying to steal glory and they wanted people to look at them and give them praise. Now here's the deal. The problem was not that they kept money because Peter said, look, you could have kept it all. You didn't have to give nothing. But here you have come into the house of God trying to steal glory from God and you're wanting people to praise you instead of God and God killed them both. Guess what? That was in the New Testament. What are you saying? Would God do something like that? I promise you, the wrath of God is falling on America right now. Money and materialistic things have become the God of America. America is more, listen, they're more interested in money than anything, and that is exactly what God has targeted. All the financial institutions in America. Now listen, I don't want to wait Till God has to demonstrate his wrath upon his people before I fear him. I don't want to wait till God has to get my attention in my life before I will give him respect and I will give him honor and I will fear him. Preacher, is there any other way? Thank God there is. Thank God there is. How many of you, how many of you ever heard the phrase, do you want to do this the easy way or... How many of y'all are sissies like me and always pick the easy way? Brother Mickle, Brother Mickle told me the other day he went, to the, he went to the dentist and he told the dentist, he said, before we get started, he said, we're not going to hurt each other, are we? I don't know if y'all know Brother Mickle, but he's got fingers like corn cobs. He could hurt somebody, amen? Listen, we don't have to do it the hard way. 
We don't have to wait for a demonstration of his wrath. We don't have to wait for a Sodom and Gomorrah moment. We don't have to wait for a flood moment. We don't have to wait for a situation where God has to bring judgment. And by the way, God is still bringing judgment. And I can give you examples. I could give you examples where people have rose up against the man of God. One, one situation that's coming to my mind right now, my, my, my mother-in-law and their, and their church in Johnston, South Carolina, they don't live there anymore, but there was one deacon that was just a handful. I mean, he was causing fits and problems, and he had been there forever, and his family had been there forever, and he thought he owned the place, and this new preacher came in, and he was excited. He was a young guy trying to get stuff going, and he was doing a great job. People were coming. Well, that, that deacon, he just couldn't stand. Well, there were some things they wanted to do, and the, and the deacon said this, over my dead body. Listen, he went out of town on a business, a business trip. I don't remember if it was that week or the following week after that. But on that business trip, he had a massive heart attack and died. He never made it home. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in all that. You can believe what you want to. But David knew enough. He said, I will not raise my hand against God's anointed. Listen, my, my father, my father was a Baptist preacher, still is. He's retired. He's up here living with me now. The first church he pastored, I think six or seven people rose up against him and, and, and forced him out and, and just did just ungodly things. Every one of them are dead. Every one of them. You heard my uncle back in the back say, that's right. He knows them. One was, one was beaten to death with a motorcycle helmet. Went to collect some money, and they jumped on him and beat him to death. What's the point? Are you trying to scare me? Yeah. I'm trying to get you to understand that God is not to be trifled with. God is for real. He is the same God in the New Testament. He is the same God in February of 2012 as he was in the Old Testament. He's to be reverenced. He's to be feared. He's to be respected. If you don't want to do it the hard way, this is the easy way. My son, if thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. See, when we begin to focus on His Word, we find the knowledge of God. And when we start learning who God is, we start learning about His righteousness. We start learning about His holiness. We start learning about His purity. We start learning about the attitude He has towards sin. And we begin to fear Him. We begin to understand the respect and reverence and awe we are to have toward Him. But ladies and gentlemen, if you ignore your Bible, if you ignore the study of, of, of God's Word, if you ignore the instruction of God's Word, if you neglect the Word of God, I promise you, you're going the hard way. Because God is serious about His glory. And if we belong to Him as a child of God, we need to reverence Him. We need to respect Him and stand in awe. Wow. Man, that one song, Jalen, what, what was the last worship song we sung? How great is our God. What an awesome song. How great is our God. And greatly to be praised and held in honor and reverence.
respect of all the world. And all God's people said, Father, in Jesus' name,